definitely human. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 26. It's summer and today is filled with excitement because we have metal detectorists on our land. They used to come every year, but because of the pandemic, they haven't been able to come for the last couple of years. So today's really exciting and I'm looking forward to catching up with Steph, who runs the local detectorists group. But first... I am currently being given the absolute runaround by a load of geese... I've been coming down most mornings and finding one of our wheat fields absolutely full of geese. And it's 6.30am on a Sunday morning and I thought, because we live right next to a road, I thought I could get some better audio sounds if I came down really early. And of course I've come down and the fields are empty and I don't know where the geese are. I thought that the geese slept in our fields overnight, but they clearly don't. They clearly sleep somewhere else and then fly in for breakfast because just as I got to the other side of the field, I can see that there's a herd of geese, a flock of geese. Um, They've just landed in the other side. So I'm going to walk across and see if I can get them. I'm just going to climb this gateway. can see more Canada geese arriving they're all flying in oh they're flying in in v formation I love that they have their own little groups which they fly in and then they all hang out together oh I can see them over the other field as well oh my goodness they're so noisy they make a proper racket and just honking honk 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 kind of hear them in the distance now I'm just walking up about to be hit in the face with the sun oh can you hear them it's almost like they sort of honk as they fly in to say like morning 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 and then they will land to have their breakfast little goose community there must be about i don't know hundreds i'm looking at hundreds of geese so i'm currently stood just a few meters away from the geese maybe like 15 20 meters away the sun is casting a really long shadow of my body across the herish field Um, which herish means cut crop so at the moment it's sort of very sticky straw like you you can hear my boot my welly boot against it but the geese are so pretty they've got the white face with the black neck and the gray wings 
and the way that they're sort of like gingerly picking their way across the Herish field, you know, watching where they step in between the stubble. <sighs> I wanted to come down early because this field is going to be where the metal detectorists are later, so I'll be coming back down to talk to them. Um, so these guys won't be able to be here when they're sort of digging up the ground trying to find treasures. So they're only here for such a short amount of time and then they're going to migrate elsewhere. Um, I think they're only here because they obviously enjoy the freshly cut wheat field. It's like they sort of come for a holiday and then on to their next destination. So and they bring all their friends and family with them. And next year they'll bring their young with them. You know, it's just like every year they get bigger, I suppose. And they, they join like a bigger and bigger flock. They just look so massive in the field. When you see them from far away, you're like, what on earth is in the field? <laughs> Oh my god, there's even more! <laughs> morning, morning, morning! Fun fact, when geese fly in the air in a V formation, it's called a skein or a skein, S-K-E-I-N. They each take turns to fly in the front, and it's so the ones in the back have an easier time flying. The jet stream that they leave behind them means that it's easier to fly on the wind. I guess the one in the front has the most resistance, and it's the most exhausting. Um, so yeah, I think that's so cool. It's like they each like take it in turns to be the one in the front. I guess it's a little bit like Tour de France. <laughs> Right, I'm going off to have my morning coffee because I haven't even had a coffee yet. I'm just here on Goose Watch and then I'll be back down for the metal detectorists. Bye, geese. See you later. Catch you on the flip. Yeah, exactly, and everybody's eager to start. Mm. How many people have you got today? I haven't counted. There's there's about 36 Amazing. people. So that's good. It's all for um, dementia. It's the group we run is Digging for Dementia. Oh, really? um, so it's the Alzheimer's Society that we support. And over the years, I think we've done probably 12 or 13,000 for them. It's really kind that Aileen lets us. She doesn't take any money. A lot of farmers will take half of the gate. Oh, really? So okay, yeah. it means that we can put everything into it and they do do really well out of us it's quite nice it makes you feel good as well so it's been a few years has it been two or three years because of covid two years years. so this is it's almost two years to the day since we were here last it's always been a really good dig there's lots of things that gets found we've had roman coins off this site we've had short cross pennies from like the 12th 13th century right the way up to modern stuff so you know you just never know really yeah it's good fun it's exciting yes hopefully we've got something to show you guys later yeah amazing yeah fingers crossed crossing my fingers (laughs) (laughs) it's always a worry it's the one thing you can never be sure of yeah you might spend five six hours out in a field and not find anything you know you might spend half an hour and find loads yeah. You just don't know yeah. that next signal might be that gold coin or, you know, that's yeah. the Saxon hoard. Well, you've got the weather for it today. Oh, yeah, the sunshine's on the right, just for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How far down can the um, detectors find? It all depends on the machine and how you set them. I suppose even the worst decent machines now will go down 10 or 12 inches. The better machines maybe they'll go down to about 24 inches on a a decent sized target. But to be honest, average of things you find in the top six inches. 
So you don't really need to go down very deep. And it's because the field's been ploughed. One of your colleagues told me this morning you can't detect a coin if it's on its side, but if it's on its flat, you can. If you imagine a coin when it's flat, it's got quite a large surface area. Mm -hmm. So that's what the signal's bouncing off. Mm -hmm. Now, if you turn a coin on the side, the surface area that's exposed to the the surface, to the coil of the machine, is very, very, very small, very thin. So if it's at the wrong depth, the wrong angle, you will miss it. Okay. Um, The whole point with ploughing, what it's doing it's sort of turning the soil every time Mm -hmm. so what might be deep last time out of detection depth gets turned up so now it's on the surface so every time it gets ploughed it's almost like a new field to detect watching out for people see if they scream or stand there (laughs) waving you might find somebody shouting hammy that's that's the usual one hammy hammy which is um which is kind of slang for a hammered silver coin So before about 1640, they were hammered. You were saying this morning you found um, belt buckles and thimbles. Absolutely. There's there's everything that's come off these fields, right from modern decimal coins all the way back. We've had silver pennies. We've had medieval buckles. We've had buttons. We've had brooches covering so many different eras. I think the Roman coins are the earliest things we find. So you're looking at, I think there was a Cistercius, which is probably about 150 AD. So nearly 2,000 years old, which is quite rare for North Devon. You don't find much Roman up here. So when you do, it's it's a little bit special. Romans didn't make it down this far. Is that I, right? I think they did, but I think you know they didn't really interfere too much. So people down here, I think, when the Romans came, kind of existed through the Iron Age. They may have become slightly Romanized and whatever, but I think they just got left to their own devices. Really, I think there was a lot of trade going on. But as you see, we've got no Roman roads around here. There's a few camps, and I know they mined silver up at Martin. so they were definitely here. There was obviously some kind of peace between the tribes here and the, and the romans but no they didn't seem to have much activity up here so to find roman coins is uh, is quite rare it's quite nice really it's yeah. quite important if you do find things they're donated to the local museums it's down to a lot of things there's obviously a law which i still know it as the treasure trove law but it's called something else now where certain items of certain materials by law have to be declared you take them to museum the uh, flo the fines liaison officer has a look and then it goes through like an inquiry process to deem whether it's worth keeping hold of or giving back to the finder. So I think gold and silver artefacts more than 300 years with a precious metal content of... I hope I'm getting this right. I'm testing you. Uh, 20% or more is deemed as treasure. Coins... So a collection of coins. So if you find like two or three coins that are associated in a very small area, it's classed as a hoard. Again, that would be classed as treasure, so that would need to be declared. I've had a hoard of silver pennies from the Edwards, Edward I, Edward II. I think in total there was 40 silver coins found. We've had hoards of Republic Roman coins. Now, the Republic are the earlier ones, so you're looking at before really they got to Britain. And there was a hoard in Dorset that we found over there as well. Um, Talking of artefacts, I found a good few years ago now, which the museum still got, a series of bronze hoops which were all in a a cluster together they're probably bronze age but they were a little bit more utilitarian to actually put a use on them um right there's a hammered hammered coin found already yeah well what they used to do years ago he's got half of one silver coins 
when they were hammered, because people used to clip them and steal bits of silver off them, they tended to work on weight rather than denomination, so they'd weigh it. And if it was slightly out, all they'd do is cut a penny in half and it becomes two half pennies. Or they might cut it up into quarters, which is a fourth thing, which is where the word farthing comes from. Okay. Oh my God, I'm learning so much. (sighs) Oh, what's he got? Let's have a look. Wait, let me take a pick. I'm like a breath walking on me. <laughs> oh, it's a short cross. What is it? Can you see it's got a cross in the middle? If it was cut straight up, the cross stops on that inner circle. So that'll tell me it's going to be John, Henry... Oh, Richard. Richard. John, Richard or Henry. Henry, that's one of the three. Look at that. I can't believe it. In Lovely. the first ten minutes of digging. Yeah. Awesome. Well done. All right, go and find them all. Thanks no, for coming and showing us. There's so much passion from you all, how much you love this nice. land it's, and it's so exciting. There's something about these fields here that you've got here and I've never felt it anywhere else. I'm quite spiritual, so I'm not going to go into too much mumbo jumbo, <laughs> but I just, I just find there's an ambience here. And as soon as you walk onto these fields, it just feels really friendly, really welcoming. And I think that's why everybody loves it so much. It's just that ambience of the place. I haven't been blackberry picking since I was a kid. I used to do it with my dad when we were driving around the farm. He was a great one for stopping in the bushes and having a little blackberry snack. So I was walking to work last week and I passed this blackberry bush that was absolutely laden with fruit. So I had a little taste. And there's something about sort of stealing a little berry for yourself as you walk past, knowing that it's natural and grown in the hedgerows and sort of foraged for yourself. It's really special. Um, And then that night I went home and I watched a TikTok video where a lady picked a blackberry and put it under a microscope and it showed like all kinds of nasties that were in it. But I'll still eat my blackberries. You can't deter me. It's all protein. So I've got my little punnet. I'm currently in a field that looks down over the rolling valleys and I've got the wind turbines going in the distance and I feel like I can actually hear them sort of zoom, zoom, zooming around. And I feel like there's something so meditative about picking blackberries, trying to find the ones that are not too overripe, hoping you don't pinch a wasp or something that might bite you back. Gonna have a little... Oh, see, I was gonna have a taste and then this has got a little bug on it. Get off. (laughs) Okay, mine now. Oh, it's so sweet. It tastes so delicate and delicious. We used to have crumbles. We had a roast dinner every Sunday and mum would usually make around this time of year a blackberry and apple crumble, which always went down so well with us. I'll probably be putting these in my morning smoothie, so not quite a sweet tooth as I was as a child, but I do love my fruit. This really is the perfect way to spend an afternoon picking blackberries, filling up a punnet while Steph and the gang are digging up treasures just a couple of fields away. It's so cool to think that it just takes Nigel to come over with the plough a couple of times and dislodge things and sort of things come into existence that we didn't even know were there. History hidden beneath the soil for years, for centuries even. So I can't wait to find out what they've dug up and learn some more from Steph. So, tell me what you found today. Well, it's been quite a good day, really. I hear, yeah. Um, Lots of things have been found covering, well, the whole spectrum we said about this morning. Somebody's just come up and showed us a nice Roman Depondus, which uh, is going to be sort of second century, give or take. So, best part of 2,000 years old. There's not a lot after that until we get to about the 13th century. And there's been some really nice bits and pieces. There have been a few silver pennies of 
got to get this right because they're going <laughs> to laugh at me. King John, King Richard, or Henry the Third. I might have got the third wrong. It might be Henry the Second, but it's one of the Henrys. They're, they're all the same. They all look the same. Very slight differences, but it's very difficult to distinguish. There's been a few buckles from that sort of period, a couple of buttons. And then jumping forward, we found silver coins covering pretty much every century up to today. You found one that was from Turkey? Yeah, there seems to be a couple of Turkish coins. I don't know what sort of period they're from. Looking at the quality and the weight of them, I'd say they're pretty early. They're going to be 100 to 200 years old, somewhere around there. I would have thought but as I say without seeing them cleaned people would have used them for trading or yeah absolutely you've got to remember years and years ago rather than worrying so much about denomination it was all weight so for example a copper penny had a penny's worth of copper in it so actually if somebody had a coin from a different country and it was you know the same weight as a a, a penny then they'd use it and just spend it as a penny because actually financially it's worth the same amount and same with silver coins you get a lot of silver coins here from all over the world because silver was silver it's fascinating and also there was a what was the looked like a sheriff star didn't it but ah yes (laughs) so i i found one of those years ago very similar to that it's a little bit different going back years and years maybe a hundred couple of hundred years ago they used to reward children for example, there's school and somebody had turned up for school every day for a month, they'd get an award for regular attendance. That sort of thing was just a, a motivator for the children, really. You know, it's, it's quite nice. It's, it's social yeah. history, isn't it? Yeah. It's just so fascinating, all these little things that have been dropped and you just gave mum, or somebody gave mum a little pendant of something that was That's on right, a necklace a little, that broke off. Or... Probably a little Catholic, like a St. Christopher type thing. And the thing that amazes me... We are the first people to see that since that chain broke around that person's neck maybe 250 years ago. It makes my hair stand on it. It's, uh, it gives me such a buzz. It is. It's that social connection with the past, with our past. We've had thimbles where probably while people were working the fields, somebody would be sat at the top and they'd be mending the sacks or darning clothes or something like that. And obviously they get lost from time to time and we come along and find them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the buttons, I mean, the amount of buttons that we found today is I saw a lot crazy. of musket balls as well. and yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, musket balls, a lot of people think it's a musket ball. It's going to be from the Civil War era, which is the 17th century, actually. They were used up to about 100 years ago. Wow. Not easy to date those, to be honest. So what do you do now? Do you go home and sort of polish everything up? Or do you all post on the Facebook group what everybody's found and sort of collate? And- that's, yeah, that's exactly what we try and do. We try and get a, almost like a collage, a collection of photos of everything that's found on every visit. So there's a record of it. Otherwise, somebody comes along, they find something, put it in the pocket, and nobody ever knows anything about it. And it's sad, really. You know, what good is that item if it's not going to tell a story, if we're not going to learn anything from it? That's what's important to me, you know? It's telling the story, it's learning about your land, about the area you live in. To be able to let you guys know a little bit more about these fields that you've got, that you sit looking at every single day, and now you know a little bit more about the people who work these fields. That's magic. Yeah, it absolutely is. And we love hearing about it and finding out about it. And it's just so fascinating, and you know so much about history. Loving learning about it from you, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit obsessed. Yeah. You might have gathered that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just back from seeing Steph for the metal detectorists, and she gave Mum a little pendant that they found in the field. Mum has a white photo frame with everything that they've found so far. So there are coins, belt buckles, and buttons, I think. All metal, obviously. <laughs> 
Um, but the little pendant that they found today, it's sort of a coin and then it's got little spikes on, so sort of north, south, east, west. It looks like it's got kind of a flowery pattern around the outside, like little bows and ribbons. And on the inside, I think it would be someone's initials. So there's a cross. So I guess it's a Christian pendant and I think the initials are LHS. But I think it's so sweet of Steph and the gang to sort of give mum little keepsakes of what's come out of our field. And just to hear her today and talk about all the amazing things that they found with such interest and knowledge. So if you guys listen to our mum chat, you will know that I actually lost an earring recently in the chainsawing episode one of my gorgeous new pair of hoop earrings that were solid gold woe is me. And (laughs) how funny is it though to think that just like this pendant, years from now into the future, hundreds of years, thousands of years into the future, somebody will detect my pendant and pull it up. And they'll be like, could it be? Could it be the earring from the great farmer, Charlie May? The lost earring that we knew about from the podcast that we listened to in school. This, this belongs in a museum. I know what you're thinking. That Charlie May is far too modest. She's funny, she's smart, and she's charming. But she really needs to work on her confidence. I'll try, guys. I'll try. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by the incredible, if not slightly frazzled, David Knight. Thank you, guys, and thank you for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week, we'll be talking about metal detectorists. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.